Hello, this is Hoffler, episode 138. It has been a solid month, I believe, since Talk for Glory has gone live. But it's also kind of hard for us to go live in December. There's not a lot of there's not much going on. But good news, guys. Normally you guys see stardom on Spotify. For you guys that follow Talk for Glory, the mini-series on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find it. I understand that. New Japan X Stardom or Historic X History um, crossover. Like, that kind of counts as New Japan, so that's their saving grace. And we also get Stardom on Talk for Glory's YouTube channel. But, 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 Talk for Glory has brought back Stardom for this special event. This is actually the first ever Stardom video that I did last year. So it feels good to see this come full circle, but... Guys, as much as I love stardom and I found this out, I want to say mid mid my run in stardom last year getting into it, I found out that stardom has something similar to the G1. And for you guys that have been subscribed and following to Talk for Glory, you guys know that with our New Japan videos, we kind of have kind of had a unintentional running theme, running meme, running joke that the G1 winner would also be the guest for the Wrestle Kingdom videos. So, why not we do that for the five-star? Guys, if you guys haven't already, go watch mine and a special guest, five-star predictions. It is the returning, one of stardom fans, know-it-alls, it is the light-skinned Gaijin. How's it going, everybody? Light-skinned Gaijin back at it once again. Good. Thanks again for joining me on this. It, my pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. I'm happy to be back once again here on Talk for Glory. But before we dive into... Wait. Before we dive into... Stardom Dream Queendom's predictions of 2022. Introductions will always be a must. This is episode 138. I'm an V4. My guest, Light Skin Gaijin. This is Stardom's Dream Queendom 2022 predictions. Before we dive into the first match, just a heads up, guys. Dream Queendom is, I believe, the 29th. It is. All right. It's the 29th, guys. So it's nowhere near Wrestle Kingdom. I'm probably going to make a couple New Japan comparisons. But the dates are completely different. January 4th is Wrestle Kingdom. 29th of December is Dream Queendom. Cannot, I cannot wait for this show live at the Ria Goku Koku Kikon. And please do not ask Mayu Iwatani to say that five times fast. She probably will mess it up. But I feel like Mayu's been memeing everyone. She acts like she doesn't know how to say it. I, I feel like she is trolling a lot of us. But you know what? That's why you just got to love the starter icon. Of course, everyone's got to love the stardom icon, especially in her classic against Kyrie. Absolutely. I, I watched that match at least three times since it's come out, and Ugh. absolutely amazing match to watch. Guys, highly recommend it. Mayu Otani versus Kyrie, Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Hojo, whatever the hell you guys enjoy calling her, watch that match. But let's get into our first match. It is. The returning, both of them, the returning Cosmic Angels, Unagi Sayaka 
and Mina Shirakawa versus Dona Del Mondo's DDM Queen. Not, oh God, not Queen's Quest. Cosmic Angels Betrayer, My Sakurai, and uh, the future top Gaijin, in my opinion, the Toxic Spider, Dekla. I'm actually really into this one, especially because of the fact that Unagi's coming back from doing a couple tours from a couple other shows here and there. Mina coming back from her injury after facing Saya Kamitani. And if you've seen the match that she had with Saya, it, it was a good match. Very good match. A uh, very sad ending for Mina, you know, to take that uh, Phoenix splash, you know, the way she did. And I mean, if you're very squeamish, don't watch it. Yeah. But I mean, when you see what Mina's, you know, gone through and you, to see her come back, I cannot wait to see um, what she looks like coming back. Cause at the press conference, she basically looked mummified and looked like, you know, came out Phantom of the Opera esque, you know, Ooh. face all covered up, you know. That's like uh, I mean, you know, came out looking like Dark Man, you know, it, it was it was nuts. I did enjoy Unagi basically being the translator. And you know what? That's that's just you know Unagi's character right there. She's you know she's always the fun-loving one, but you know I've often called her the you know shit starter of stardom. Whenever you know new talent comes in, you know she's the one who's basically you know waiting on the front lines. Like, hey, this here's my turf. What you got in my forty, homie? You know, but. You just gotta you gotta love you gotta love Unagi for just some of the you know she's very entertaining to watch and I've almost died laughing at some of the things that she's done, especially during the uh, Stardom Showcase shows. If you guys have not yet seen them, I've enjoyed seeing Unagi just walk up to everyone new, like Momokogo, like my Sakurai, like wait did she face Waka? She did face Waka. Like facing what she even she even goddamn challenged Kyrie. Just like, hey, I don't know much about you, but fight me. And Tam basically put us like, hey, hang on, hang on. Like, I get these other newcomers, but this is Kyrie we talking about here. Yeah, like you can do this to everyone else, but not Kyrie. Yes. <laughs> and Kyrie at um, what what was that show? World Climax. Um, she came back at World Climax. Yeah. All right. Um, so. Yeah. I believe he like, figured out who Kyrie was at World Climax after that spinning backhand. Oh, I after that spinning backhand, I, I don't, I forget. I believe it was either Tam who took it, Nagi might have taken it, but no, it was, it was Unagi. Yeah, uh, hopefully she remembered where she was and who Kyrie is again. Oh yeah, Unagi is definitely never forgetting the name Kyrie now. No, but on the other side of this, we have. Like I said in the intro, the Cosmic Angels Betrayer, my Sakurai. But I'll, I'll get I'll get to my we can get to my like later. Let's get to Tekla, the Toxic Spider. My in my opinion, the future top Gaijin. Tekla's slowly starting to become my favorite. You know, of all the foreigners that have seemed to have worked in Stardom, and yeah, you can see little hints of B Priestley in Tekla, but don't get it confused. She's not the next B Priestley. If anything, she's trying to carve her own path. And, you know, basically he's trying to say, hey, you know, there have been a number of foreigners who have come into this promotion. 
but none of them are like me. None of them had the athleticism that I have. None of them had the, you know, the technique that I have. And that's why I'm starting to become more and more of a fan of Tekla. Uh, when I when I say like top Gaijin, I never think of B Priestley. I actually think of just the top foreigner. And you know what? There's been a lot of top foreigners that have come through Japan. I think you look, when you look at New Japan, you look at you think of Kenny Omega, you think of AJ Styles, you think of you know just a number of different talent. Like Ric Flair when he came through into to Japan and wrestled. Uh, I'll say Will Ospreay was a top guy in the junior division. Yeah, and now look at Will Ospreay now. I would say that he's taking that mantle as the top guy. So. Now we have we have my Sakurai who has honest to God been probably the funniest person since June. She definitely has been. And I've enjoyed, like, I've enjoyed uh watching her character development, you know, since she entered into stardom. You know, she came in, she wanted to join Cosmic Angels, but you know, as time slowly progressed. All of a sudden, you start to notice, you know, a change in my where she just wanted to be, you know, what? I don't want to be known for the dancing cutesy stuff that Cosmic Angels does. I came here to stardom to be a wrestler. And she felt like joining Donna Del Mondo would be the best way for her to become a better wrestler. So, and, you know, you've even seen it in the uh, matches that she's had against former Cosmic Angels members, especially this recent one she had with Tam. Where, once again, she failed to beat Tam, but you can slowly start to see a story progress here where she wants to become stronger. It's almost almost like the, you know, the storyline of where um, Tam was starting to try and um, up. Uh, she wanted to beat Arisa Hoshiki back in 2019 when right. Arisa was the white belt champion, you know. She wanted to prove that she was stronger, you know, and say, hey, look, I'm here too. And now Mai is in that position where Tam was and how there's other people in those same kind of rivalries, mm-hmm. like Starlight Kid to Mayu Otani. Yes. I mean, the, the number one thing is wanting to be number one in any promotion. Wanting to be that top person, that top woman in this promotion. Starlight Kid wants it. Tam wants it. Basically, and I mean, Julia will be here in the main event of this show. Yeah, that, that reminds me. That reminds me because as we've been waiting for this video, I have met a lot of people that love, love, love Julia. So I, I'm looking forward to doing that main event. I, I've been looking forward to it too ever since uh, we talked about the five star Grand Prix. Oh, there's so much. There's still so much more I can probably say about that. Oh yeah, you still called it. I I, I did, I, I did. But um, was it All right? So I got Pink Kabuki winning this, and I want to say my takes the pin here. Also, we reignite Decla and uh, Mina, and we bring back the SWA belt for that feud. You know what? I do say that Mina is the one who gains the victory in this match with my taking the pin. And I feel like, I don't know if it brings back the SWA belt. I feel like it's more towards Mina wanting to 
get back into the white belt title picture, the wonder of stardom title picture. Right. Because you look at that match she had with Saya, there were moments where I felt like she could have throned her. You know, she had perfected this figure four leg lock. She had, you know, used every move she had in her repertoire, that Impaler DDT, you know. She's, the Avalanche Impaler DDT. The Avalanche Impaler DDT. She did everything that she could possibly do and still could not keep Saya down. So I feel like, yes, she gets the win for her team. She ends up pinning Mai. Mai goes through and still goes and collects, goes through her progression of trying to become a better wrestler within Donna Del Mondo. But I believe that Mina is going to stay focused and keep focus on the white belt, much like how Tam was when she first uh, created Cosmic Angels. Like, yeah, they were the artists that started, but her goal ultimately was to be the white belt champion. And I feel like Mina is the same way. Yeah, Mina Mina has a story here that isn't over, and her final chapter is with Saya Kamatani. It, I, as much as I would love to see her win the white belt off of someone like Tam, that match has now confirmed we need round two of Mina versus Saya. Hell, I'm actually even cheering for Mina to win the Cinderella tournament. We definitely do. And you know what? This win could definitely help build her momentum in that tournament. I mean, it's just right around the corner, right after the Triangle Derby. So, right. It's um, I believe it's the Cinderella tournament is in February, correct? Uh, late February may start in March. I'm not really too certain, but I do know the Triangle Derby ends mid January, and I believe they will start the Cinderella tournament late February. Goes into March. It's the annual March Madness tournament that they bring up. So, yeah, that that's going to be a fun one. But um, I think that was that everything we had for Pink Kabuki and um, yeah. and um, uh, my soccer. Oh yeah, that's everything I had. All right, so this next match is a giant stars match. It is the teams of. The stardom icon, Mai Iwatani. Wait, Tom, I can actually just say this. It is Peach Rock and the no longer future of stardom champion, Hanan versus FWC and the buffest girl in stardom, Saya Ida. If you guys didn't get enough, uh, if you felt like there wasn't enough stars on this show, well, this next match, you get your stars fill right here. You get like Peach every- Rock with Mayu Iwatani and Momo Kogo. Hanan, you know, the former Future of Stardom champion. Um, but, you know, even though she's a former champion, she's still, you know, I feel like she's going to be, she pretty much is the future. And then, of course, we all know how good FWC is as a tag team. Just add, you know, this high speed of FWC with the strength Saida, and you basically have a trio that you know is fast paced and hard hitting. Honestly, this match probably to me, well, to me it looks like um, this is the perfect way to for Mayu to get all of her all of her um, frustrations out because these last two months she looks like she's just been tired of stars as shit. She really, I feel like she has to be it's, honest with you. Momokoka, you know. I, I don't know where this could lead to and why we have an all-star six-woman tag team match, but 
I don't feel like they would do it without there being something behind it. You know, maybe Mayu just, you know, does something incredibly shocking. You know, like we got out of last year's Stardom Dream Queen to win Momo Watanabe, who had freshly turned on Queen's Quest and joined Oedo Tai. And yes, we had that year, and it still hurts. Yes. You know, and we had that tag match where Hazuki and Momo teamed up against Mayu and uh, Takumi Iroha. And Momo just ended up being like, why am I even here? And basically caused her and Hazuki that match. <laughs> You know, yeah, Hazuki just had to do a handicap match in the final five minutes. Pretty much. So when it comes to predictions of this, I see Hazuki, Koguma, and Saeeda, FWC and Saeeda basically picking up the victory in this match. Um, I definitely see Mayu being a factor in it, but I feel like there's more of a story behind Mayu here. Or maybe even Momo Kogo. I feel like those are the two key factors we need to watch in this match. Apparently, people we have been saying like Momo Kogo is going to join Oedo Tai because of Saki Kashima, and if, if she does, one Mayu probably won't need another week of therapy, and two, do we get two black peaches? I mean, if that's the case, imagine the tag team behind that. Team the dark, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's why I always say, don't sleep on Saki Kashima. Yes, she is very tricky in the ring, but she can also be very, very cunning outside of it. Very, as we saw in the five-star. Yes. I mean, highest point total she's ever had. Shockingly. She she, she ruined my dreams. She shattered my hopes and dreams. I beat a Gazumi at the final day. But... She's- I now enjoy the Saki Kashima just a little bit more. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much why I use the tagline. Do not sleep on Saki Kashima. But um, small small disclaimer to Hanan. And I have been feeling like this since she won the Futures title of last year to now. Not by a lot, but I actually do believe next to the praise that I give Azumi, and how she is the stardom ace. I actually do believe that Hanan should be following like second place when it comes to like, oh, who's like second, third, fourth, like young prodigy. Hanan needs to get noticed a lot more. I I often I agree with you on that because while we're sitting up here talking about you know who we think could win this match out of this you know all stars six woman tag match. I feel like we're leaving a lot of a lot of uh, attention off Hanan because I've even said it in a video before. She has two other sisters, two twin sisters, one who respectively is in Queen's Quest, the other in a Wado tie. Who's to say that yes, those three women who are in opposing factions can't come together and say, hey, we're just gonna take over Stardom. I do believe that can happen someday, but I remember I read this one. I, I I'm guessing it was a joke, but I also believe it's I believe it's for real. This thing off Reddit where it was like when the stardom stars align and we get three of them together, that is when Hanan and her sisters will unite. I will be and I will be there with my popcorn ready 
sitting there waiting to watch it. If we get Io Shirai back in stardom and Mayu and Kyrie to both just be like, hey, freedom, freedom. And just that's what makes Hanan, Hina, and Rina all go, nope, we got a team together. Because together, they're a bomb squad. I feel like if I book it, I would let Hanan, Rina, and Hina come together first, then have three uh, have three of them come together and just be like, all right, let's put these girls in their place. Yes, they're young. Yes, they're trying to take over and, you know, basically recreate history with what we've created. Now let's uh, go ahead and show them what, you know, history is all about. If, if we ever do get Hanan, Hina, Rina versus Freedom, Mayu, Kyrie, and Ia, that has to be for the artist titles. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, it, and it, honestly, in, all, in my opinion, it doesn't even need to be for a title. The match is right there, right of itself. It, it does. It does. Like, that is a true past and the tour. That is a true clash of past versus future. Oh, yeah. But as of right now, I do think 2023, Hanan just needs to come out the gate swinging. Absolutely. But on to the probably one of the best tag teams in stardom of this year, FWC, Koguma, and Hazuki. Let me start off. Let me start off by saying, why didn't we get Hazuki versus Azumi? You know what? It boggles my mind that we didn't get that, especially because they were in opposing blocks. Azuki started out the five star Grand Prix with you know basically like a house on fire. You know, she hadn't lost a match in like three or four matches. You know, it took a while for her to actually get her first loss. But, you know, like I said, all she needed was one win and she won the block. Yeah. And tournaments like the Five Star Grand Prix, like the G1 Climax, like we got with the Goddess of Start, they're very hyper competitive. It is like, and, you know, for people who knock on tournaments like the G1 and all this, like, I love tournaments like these round robin style tournaments they're like a little mini league for somebody like me who enjoys sports right. every win counts it's like the NFL. it's like the nba you want to win your division your conference whatever in order to make the championship and that's exactly what these round robin block tournaments do you know and that's what that's why they're so exciting to me and I, I especially love what New Japan did by adding two up, two new blocks to that. You know, having a floor block system. I would love to see Stardom do that, you know, with the next upcoming five-star Grand Prix. Ooh, four blocks for the five-star. I mean, hey, why not? You had 26 competitors in this last one. You know, New Japan had 28 uh, players in the G1, seven in each, and four blocks. Why not? Yeah, It's possible. It is. But, what is it? oh, never mind. Okay, so Hazuki and Koguma, there's no point in talking about them separately. They've been attacking for about 90% of the year. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I don't even think they need this. I think this is just to kill time. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's going to be a good filler match, you know, especially with how exciting Hazuki, Koguma, Mayu is, and you're definitely getting – you know, Saya's up there as well. You know, it's I, I, I love Saya Ida for everything she gives. Oh, yes. You know, 
she is basically the mini version of Satoshi Kojima. You know, with her. I say Tomohiro Ishii. That I mean that too. You know, Ishii she chops. I have seen her use the machine gun chops. Yes. Just amazing. Yes. So, but I and you know, getting back to that, I feel like it's more so for the development of Hanan and Kogo, uh, Momo Kogo. Yeah, absolutely. Like I feel like Mayu definitely gave herself a handicap here by having Hanan and um, Momo Kogo. Oh yes. Because now you're facing a great tag team. You're facing one of the strongest people in Stardom. Period. And you have Hanan, who's kind of been fumbling since losing, not, not even since, I want to say since the five-star. She, and then she you have, really didn't have that great of a showing in the five-star. She only won a couple matches. What, but did you I feel like, yeah, I believe so. I believe she only won two. But I feel like Mayu taking on the younger stars, or, you know, no pun intended, of stars, I feel like she's trying to help them into the development to get this unit, this group, up to what it needs to be. Because you look at all the other units in Stardom. Cosmic Angels, there's gold there. You look at Donna Del Mondo, you know, they're pretty much featured in almost every single show. God's Eye, they have the future and the red belt. You know, whatever title... um... What's this girl's name? I keep calling her the Karate Kid, but I know she has a name. Uh, Tomoka Inaba. There we go. Whatever title she has that she just defended and um, just tap out. Yes, she's got her title. Um, Queen's Quest has the white belt and the high-speed belt. Oedo Tai has the artist belts. You know, the only belt that seems to be associated with stardom that really isn't in a unit, per se, would be the newly minted IWGP Women's Championship. You know, and here's stars with nothing no to show, with nothing to show for them. They're just here to put smiles on people's faces. And Mayu, with as decorated as she is, feels like they could be, you know, probably feels like they could be better. I, I hope that they get back the SWA because watching Mayu just drop it, I understand to focus on the IWGP. But she, she really went all or nothing, and this is the result. I mean, I loved the concept of the SWA because it was a belt where with a unique set of rules where the person who challenged for it had to be of a different nationality. That already, to me, is a good concept because you're getting more and more people to uh, you know come to your promotion, and more eyes are going to come to your promotion. You know, when the pandemic hit, that put a big, you know, damper on all that. You know, Jamie Hayter had to drop the belt. You know, she couldn't really travel. When Shuri won it, she just said, hey, I'm half Japanese and half Filipino. Everybody's a different nationality than me. And I was like, I, I like that. It's like, we found a loophole, guys. Shuri's mixed. Yep. And, and that's what I loved about it, you know. I love that Shuri just decided to kick everyone's ass for the SWA title. Like, we're over here talking about how passionate white belt matches are and how, how much power and heavy hitting the red belt title matches are. Here's Shuri just beating the daylights out of you for a mid-card title. 
and that you know what I believe that's why Sherry's in the position she's in now because she defended a mid card championship like this it was a like world title. You know, I mean, yes, it had the it had the tagline world champion in the title, but she defended a mid card title like it was a world championship and basically tried and made it more prestigious. Let's let's just go ahead and call it what it is. The SWA title was more prestigious. You know, yes, women like Io Shirai have held that title, made it worth something. Tony Storm had a lengthy run with it. He Priestley you know, had it. He Priestley had it. Um, my Jamie, Hader. Was, Jamie Hader had it. You know, you take and like I said, you take a look at the two women who are Grand Slam champions: Mayu Iwatani and Io Shirai. A part of that that SWA title is a part of their legacy. Why they are Grand Slam champions, right? But actually, now that now that we're talking about the SWA title. I wouldn't mind Mayu winning it back. And my, my whole headcanon was, okay, I'm going to assume there's going to be a working relationship with Stardom and AEW because there's no way in how you would have a working relationship with New Japan and not Stardom because, you know, still Bushi Road. So how about Mayu's SWA champ and you have a show up on AEW? I thought that would be like the plan. I would have loved, especially with the travel restrictions being somewhat lifted, you know, I would have loved to have seen that. I mean, I, and honestly, when you look at Mayu's reign with it, it really wasn't that long. She only had the belt for 182 days and defended it three times. I'm still lucky enough that I got to see Mayu live, one, and two, Mayu defending the SWA title in New York. That, that I, I'm pretty sure that was awesome. I dude, wish every was, second. I wish it was on the East Coast, to be honest with you. Every yeah. second, dude. Watching that moonsault, hearing that music. Guys, if you haven't already, go watch the live entrances of, um, was it Battle on 44th Street, Rumble on 44th Street, whatever the hell that is. Just my the one that matters to me. And Jay White. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. Be all end all of this match. I got. Mayu actually carrying the shit out of Momo Kobo and Hanan. Who you got winning it? I got Mayu and um, Momo and Hanan. All right, I'm going to go opposite. I got Hazuki getting the victory over Momo Kobo. All right, we're going to be on to our next match. It is the team of the new era, the girl with the power of the claps. The Miss Cinderella, it is Mirai and her tag team partner, the new future of Stardom champion, Big Girl. I like to call her Big Sis because she's taller than um Mirai, I think. She is. All right, so I like she's to say Big Sis Ami <laughs> versus BMI 2000 versus should have won the fucking tag league screwed over by julia why the hell did they get three-time tag title reigns not reigns tag title shots only to get robbed by julia my hemi no poi <laughs> this one you know what this one is probably going to be my sleeper match of the night um oh and this is a contenders match for the goddess tag titles basically it is a number one contenders match for the goddess whoever wins this match automatically gets first dibs at the new champions after they uh, 
have their match at Green Queendom. I believe when you look at the uh, Goddess of Stardom Tag League, all three of these teams were in the same block. Were they? They were. My Hime, I believe it went My Hime with 10 points, 9 points for the New Eras, 8 points for BMI 2000, all out of the Blue Goddess block. So I actually wow. went, I went ahead and all three of these teams were, in, were uh, involved in the same block. It was, uh, and I believe, and I mean, I would have ended that tournament with uh, the new eras in Miami because those two teams, I believe, had to face off with each other very early. I thought they would go for time limit draw with them. Let's see here. What? Uh, where are they? There we are. And they had a time limit draw with okay. uh, Takahashi and you. They had what? They, yeah, they had a time limit draw with uh Nane Takahashi and you. Their match against each other, my Hime and the New Eras, Micah and Himeka won at the nine minute and twelve second mark. Huh. I must have slept on that match. Yeah, like I said, it happened very early in the uh, in block action. I believe when um during the five star video we did, uh we we said Aphrodite versus My Himmy is the finals. Mm-hmm. We we got half of that. We we really did. Oh my god! I wish Aphrodite won it because this. Uh, like let, let's call a spade a spade real quick. Twenty twenty two is not Utami's year. It, it wasn't. Now, did she get that? Uh, did she get the victory she really wanted, which was the one against Shorty? Yes. But twenty twenty two is not Utami's year. Right. But was- um, back back to this match. I actually got my Himi winning because, God, so help me, give them the tag titles back, and let's admit Julia screwed over her own faction. This is why Sherry not support life. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're right, you're right. I mean, Julia being the leader that she is, yes, the focal point. She does she does want the spotlight on her. But you take a look at Donna Del Mondo. There are a lot of there are a number of members up there who can very much share the exact same spotlight with Julia because they're that good. Um, like Micah, very strong. He make a very powerful. Tecla, I've already mentioned her athleticism and the fact that she could possibly be a future high-speed champion. Hopefully she doesn't dethrone Izumi. Not yet. Yeah, let's not get there. <laughs> let's let's not go that fast. You know, and like I said, my Sakurai is getting up there and getting better and better. Um, but when it comes to this match, like I had stated before, right, New Eras took you know, they took the L against uh, My Hime. Right. My Hime took a loss to BMI 2000. Surprisingly, wasn't wasn't expecting that. No. And then you look at you know their uh, BMI 2000 against the New Eras. They ended up winning that match. So basically, these three teams are all intertwined with each other in some way, shape, or form. 
Next person wins. I think Redfleet does deserve that shot. Yes. And you know what? There's a lot of power between all three of these teams. So if you're looking for a proverbial slugfest or, you know, your typical hoss girl match, this is going to be it. I do like, um, and also, Ruaka is not my favorite member. Actually, she's my least favorite member of Oedo Kai. I do like that Ruaka has been teaming with Natsuko Tora. Mm-hmm. Just for the simple fact that I enjoy those dynamics of a veteran with a younger tag partner. I even enjoyed it with um, um, Momo Watanabe and Azumi. God damn it, why'd I do this? Yeah. I, I believe having Natsuko be that veteran to sh- to sort of like lead the young, I want to say the young lioness, you know, uh, Ruaka, it's a perfect yeah. pairing. You know, because Natsuko Tor, she's no slouch. She's a former goddess of stardom champion, a former artist of stardom champion. You know, she was groomed by Jungle Kiona, you know, when she was in John. So it's a really good pairing. And which is why, you know, and I hate to say this, I know you have my Hime in there. I have BMI 2000 stealing this one because the new eras and my Hime are going to be so focused on each other that BMI is going to slip in through the back door and steal a victory from both of these teams. I believe we'll get either Meltier or 7-Up against BMI 2000. Uh, that's not a bad take. That's not a bad take at all. After all, BMI did beat my Hime. Um, what was it? New Eras beat BMI. My Hime beat New Eras. Mm-hmm. Right. I, honestly, I do think that um, it's anyone's game here. It really is. This is the hardest match to call. That's why I said you you really got to pay attention to this match right here. It I kind of have no faith in New Eras, though. They are young. And you know what? Even though they have teamed for such a short amount of time, they seem to have good chemistry. But they do. they're also very young. What, early 20s? Yeah, I mean it's it's all about and I'm like I said, Natsuko has many. Years, she's been doing this a while. She has, you know, Natsuko is definitely the veteran in this. She is, and when you have a young, when you have a veteran who's leading a young lioness like Ruaka, who's willing to listen to every word that the uh, veteran says, I mean. It's a recipe for disaster for the other teams. Oh, hell yeah. But um, to close this one out, you got BMI, I got my Hime? Yes. All right, time for the next match. And under the circumstances that I didn't want, we have the Red Queen, the Queen of the Roses, the dominant, the royal, cool, beautiful, taught for glory, 2021, Female wrestler of the year, Utami Hayashishista versus the returning, the pirate princess, the first ever, only IWGP women's heavyweight champion, Kyrie. No title. It, and it's sad as not for a title, but I understand that, you know. Tam called first dibs. 
So, you know what? I wanted to see this match, you know, in the finals of the historic crossover. This would have pretty much made Utami's year after having such, you know, basically this is the show where her downfall began. Was this time last year. She lost the red belt to Shuri, you know. She tried to get back in it with the Cinderella tournament, couldn't win that. You know, she tried as hard, you know, to get uh, to basically win other championships. She had an opportunity to take the white belt from Sayakami Tani. That in a classic match, you know, she had been trying to basically win one over on Momo Watanabe, who had turned her back, you know, on Queen's Quest. So I mean, this is a hard, hard match to call. You know. If the IWGP women's title wasn't a thing, I actually wanted this. I actually wanted Utami to face Momo at this year's Dream Queendom in a number one contenders match for the Red Belt. Oh, yeah. I feel like that would have been. That that basically would have sold a lot of pay-per-view buys. Most yeah, but we're still getting like, another banger with this one too. Hell yeah, it's Kyrie versus Utami. This yeah. is my second dream match come true. First is still Eo versus um Utami and Eo versus no, this is my third. Number one is Eo versus Azumi. I feel like we will one day get Eo versus Azumi. I uh, for the love of God need that match. I need that in my veins. We need it. I don't care where it happens. Yeah, you, you, you guys can get a Zoom in WWE for this one match. Yes. Like, make it happen. Um, But I I read on, like, Google Translate. I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently there's a stipulation to this match where it's um, loser does an entrance without their gimmick. Really? Yeah, so it's, um like, if Utami loses, we don't get the cool, royal, beautiful um, Queen of Roses entrance or anything. We just get her to... We, we basically get her walking out like she's Tommaso Ciampa. And that will that will feel so awkward. I can't imagine Utami walking out with her trademark robe and the rose and, and just, you know, the music that hits that just makes her feel like royalty. And then on the other hand, I cannot imagine Seeing Kyrie without, you know, no pirate princess, you know, I can't imagine her seeing without anything. A, that, a captain with no ship. Yes, it's she's basically a captain with no ship. Like, oh man. So if that is a match stipulation, wow, uh, twenty twenty three is going to be entered awkwardly by one of those two. It, it definitely will. I. I I don't know if I want that to be the stipulation anymore. Honestly, if let's say Utami wins, I actually am cheering for Utami. If Utami wins, we get Kyrie to do an entrance at Wrestle Kingdom without being the pirate princess. And what does she go back to doing? Does she go back to playing the recorder? Like maybe playing with the Kabuki Warriors. Like all I all I know is it's like yeah, you got to do a entrance. I don't know if it's like a. Yeah, for the rest of the year, you're not doing that shit. I mean, so, 
I know it's like, hey, whatever match you got next, you can't do this. And it's like, so Kyrie's next match is Wrestle Kingdom after this. You're telling me there's a chance that, in Utami's words, we won't get Kyrie's long-ass entrance? I can't imagine it. It's Wrestle Kingdom. In the Tokyo Dome? In the Tokyo Dome. You know, it's it's WrestleMania for New Japan. Your entrance basically sets the tone is key. for the performers. You know, and then it's the match behind it that basically leaves fans leaving with the emotion. You know, you go in with your emotions on high because of the entrance. And then the match pretty much, you know, I, I, like I said, it's hard to imagine. It's very hard to imagine. Uh, so, I don't want either one. I hope it ends in a draw. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I was like, wait, what if this ends in a draw? Do they both just bite the bullet and dodge? Yeah, I, that's what I feel like. Nobody wins, nobody loses. So keep your gimmick. I genuinely can't imagine Utami's next entrance. No robe, no rose, no final boss music, no, like, just no Utami, no royal, cool, beautiful Utami. I can't imagine. You know, my pick's going to be a draw. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love Utami. I, I, I cannot picture this. You know, you got Wrestle Kingdom coming up. I don't want Kyrie to not come out as the Pirate Princess. When, you know, Utami has her next match, I can't picture her without the robe and the rose. I can't do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, time limit draw. Time limit draw. I'm like Mike Singletary. Can't coach with it. Can't do it. <laughs> All right, so next match is my sleeper. Like, you, you, this is a match we're going to be talking about. Oh, yes. It is for the artists of title, for the artists of stardom championship, the trios tag titles of stardom. It is Black Peach, um, Sky Tiger, spoiler. It is Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Saki Kashima versus the Deathmatch Queen's Prominence. Suzu Suzuki, uh, Risa Sarah. I was focused saying blue and red Risa Sarah because they look the same. But um, Risa Sarah, Suzu Suzuki, and Hiragi Kurumi. There we go. I was wondering how the fuck do I say that one? Oh, yeah. Um, you're in a 3v3 hardcore deathmatch. I, I was. I was almost certain when I watched the press conference that Prominence would lure Oedo Tai into a three-on-three hardcore death match because Prominence are the death match queens. And lately, Momo Watanabe, over the past year, has been winning matches with a loaded kick pad. You know, that wrench, you know, you know I wanted to say lead pipe cinch, but, you know, it's a wrench and a kick pad. You know, and of course, Oedo Tai, they're not shy about bending the rules. Of course they, they are. They, they, don't, they don't mind bending the rules. They'll use Rowaka's box. They'll use a chair, you know, a poorly manufactured chair, but a chair nonetheless. They'll use a bat. <laughs> They'll use a bat. They'll use a chain. They'll use Natsuko Tora's steel pipe. They'll they use are, it all. They, it, whatever's not nailed down to the ground, they're using. So of the ref behind the ref's back, it does not matter. No. So, and you know what? Kudos to prominence. They just basically said, look, we know what you're going to try and do. 
We don't care that you bring weapons. We like that. We are hardcore deathmatch wrestlers. So guess what? We are going to have ourselves a three-on-three deathmatch. Let's just throw the rules out the book. May the best trio win. Or I guess in this case, last trio standing. <laughs> I mean, after the end of this one, I don't know if anybody's going to be standing. I've, see, I've seen things from prominence and what they've put their bodies through. You know, I haven't seen much of, you know, hardcore matches between any of the members of Oedo Tai, but like I said, they're not shy about using weapons. They'll, they'll, they'll break the rules. They don't care. Probably the most dangerous match anyone in Oedo Tai's side is probably Momo trying to have a good kickboxing match against Shuri. That's probably the most dangerous she's gotten. Pro- most likely, yes. You know, and probably the uh, probably the toughest or stiffest match I believe Saki had was the no people gate which she had with Mayu Iwatani. Oh my god, that definitely was probably one of the stiffest. I I, I just gave myself a PTSD because I'm over here imagining Mayu just going down the steps of Cork and Hall, you know over again and again she took that spot again at uh stardom showcase too i i don't want to ever see that again <laughs> you know what we need we need we need a match that i've been um pitching to some other podcasters named stardom fan we need the dream match we need to know who is who is stronger tanahashi's knees or mayu's neck oh, oh man that that's my main event that's that's <laughs> that, headline that, is, on. that is a main event <laughs> I got money. I got money on Mayu's neck because I believe it's made of rubber. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good one. <laughs> but um, to the to this match, I actually got prominence just just destroying the shadow. Um, oh no, tie. But I have Saki Kashima with two percent health left. Kishikashing the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> oh, you know what? And you wouldn't be wrong. Because I have prominence dominating this match up until the final moments of the match where Saki Kashima will catch. I don't know if she'll catch Suzu. I don't know if she'll catch Risa. She might catch Hiragi. But I believe she will catch somebody. Because like I always say, anyone can get caught in the Kishikaisei. Saki Kashima retains the artist belt for a way to tie. Yeah, I, I've I've had to come to the realization, I've had to come to those terms after watching people like Mayu Otani, Utami Ashishta, um, Azumi even, on her fucking birthday, getting Kishikashi. Now I believe anyone can get Kishikashi. What I what I need is a picture of of um Saki Kashima with the red belt. And then on the back, it just says all it takes is one Kishikashi. <laughs> it, it really does. It only takes one Kishikashi. It really does. Um, I, I think we're in agreement when it comes to Team Kishikashi. Oh, yes, we are. We are in agreement. Oedo Tai wins this one. By the skin of their teeth and on, <laughs> by, on Saki Kashima being carried out by everyone, all members of Oedo Tai. Saki will be the one carried out. <laughs> But Saki was the one who gains the victory in this one. 
And th- like I genuinely believe, like I can imagine her kishikashing on instinct, just like a passed out Saki Kashima has done the kishikashi. Yes. But I'll do our next match that I'm fucking dreading because now I just realized what it is. It is Meltier Tampoy. It is the defending goddess of Stardom Tag Team Champions, Natspoy and Tam Nakano versus Seven Up, the original Stardom star, I guess, the first ever the IW, the first ever Red Belt Champion, World of Stardom Champion. Nene Takahashi and her tag team partner you. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good one. It's a clash of generations here. Nene Takahashi, like we said, the first ever World of Stardom champion, longest reigning World of Stardom champion. Um, and then you, you know, they come from uh, the Neo Stardom Army, you know, from way back in the day. Um, going up here against Tam Nakano and Nats Boy, who've actually helped build up this generation of the stardom roster. Absolutely. So, like, like it's a clash of generations here, like I said. Um, Tam, who's still a big, huge focal point of stardom here, even though she's in the tag division with Nats Boy. And I'm, I mean, I've even said when the, she started having these matches with Nats Boy, I was like, Wow, these ladies have such good chemistry together as rivals. But them teaming? now that they're a team, they have even better, you know. And I mean, it was often documented when they first started training. They were actually pretty good friends. And when Tam left to go pursue her Joshi dream, you know, Natspoy was left behind. You know, kind of a Julia Suzu Suzuki story, you know, but not really the same elements here. But, you know, isn't um, Cosmic Angel? Sorry to cut you off, but isn't Cosmic Angel just TJPW? I wouldn't say. That, I mean, there are two members who are from Tokyo Joshi Pro: Inunagi and Mina. Yeah, but also uh, Natsupoi was, was there TJPW. too. But Natsupoi was also trained within Actress Girls as well. Right. So, right. so the name of Natsumi. Yeah. That, uh, yes. Did, did she did she have on um, the name of Natsumi in stardom? She did when she first started, and then she left for a while because I know she ha- was in a previous five star Grand Prix under the name uh, Natsumi Maki. And then when she came back to stardom, like signed and was affiliated with DDM, it was Natspoy. It was Natspoy, yes. Oh, so. That's kind of been the thing I've realized with Tam and everyone in this faction, minus Waka. No one here is really a stardom homegrown. No, they're really not. Not even colors. No. They're Speaking all from Saki. You know. But they have come in like a house of fire, came in and take over, and they've made stardom their home. Yeah. I've loved this takeover by Cosmic Angels and how they just keep revamping themselves. Because if you show me a picture of Cosmic Angels 2021 and you show me Cosmic Angels 2022, two completely different things. Absolutely. From gold, from members, from personality, so, so many things. If you would have told me um, in 2021, hey, Unagi's going to be in a tag match and facing Kyrie, 
I'd be like, what the fuck? Unagi? That's insane. Hey, Mina's going to challenge for the white belt. Again, another... in. Well, it wouldn't be insane. You'd ask, oh, is Tam still champion my next year? And you're just like, no. There's so so many things. Hey, Natsupoy's going to join Cosmic Angels. Another crazy idea. No, nobody saw that coming, you know. I don't Maybe. care what anyone says. Midsummer champions, the biggest heels in wrestling that night was was um, Cosmic Angels. They were. I, don't well, care I, almost, I almost shed a tear for when Natsupoy joined up with Tam. I was like... Wow, at first they were, you know, fighting and damn near killing each other in that steel cage and fighting the top. Now they're best of friends again. And now they're tag team champions. And, and you know what? So far they are starting to become my favorite tag team champions. I've had, I mean, we've seen some great tag teams who have held the goddess of stardom championships. Shuri and Julia, Konami and B, yes. B and Jamie. You know, you know, and R.I.P. Hana Kimura and Kagetsu. Uh, still miss her. Yes, we we all do. But um, how do how do I say this? When it comes to Takahashi and you, I don't really feel it. I don't think they're gonna win. And you know what? I believe this is one of those passing of the torch matches where Meltier actually gets the victory. Do not be surprised if Natspoy is the one who gets this pin, but uh, it's going to be a very, very good tag team match. And, you know, we talk so much about tag team wrestling and how good it's been, you know, since we've had the focus on tag team wrestling and other promotions like F teams like FTR, the Young Bucks. And if you scoff at that, you know, too bad, so sad. The Usos, the New Day. We're getting all these great tag teams, and we're getting great tag team matches. All right, we're also getting it on the female side as well with FWC, with My Hime, with the New Eras. We're you know, um, Unagi and Mina. You know, I just all of them. Thun, um, Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa, despite that being short lived. Yeah, I know. Uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Like these are people I could imagine honestly in like the goddess side. Even fucking Io, Io Sky, Io Shirai, whatever the fuck you guys want to call her, she's still the genius of the sky, still the original queen. I'm gonna say Io Shirai and Dakota Kai. Damage Kataral. Uh, just like they're looks like they're the damage. <laughs> yes. They they damaged it when they shortened control. <laughs> yeah, but they're, hey, they're still a great tag team. And also, I I don't want to leave out toxic attraction. You know, shame what happened to Mandy Rose. She did not deserve that. But I mean, Gigi Dolan. another one. Yes. I mean, that team also in even the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions right now. You know, I still call her. You know, Katie, Casey Cat and Zero. Casey Cat and Zero, and uh, yeah, I believe her name is Katana Carter now. Yeah, yeah, all the all the name changes have thrown me off in 2022 this year. Walters now Gunther, you know. Yeah. But now as long I as you were still oh. that damn good, I, I say we'll call you whatever. Yes, I'm I'm comfortable now calling him Gunther because you know with Triple H ahead, uh, in charge of creative, it's like okay, Gunther's cool now. 
Yeah, after some time, you you let stuff pass. Like I, I still say Walter, but I accept anyone that says Gunther. Oh yeah. But when uh, it comes when it comes back to this match, I got Meltier winning this one. Yeah, I got Meltier winning, and if Natspo is the one that German suplexes, God damn it, you're back. Sorry, car passing by. Um, if Natspo is able to um, German suplex you, yeah, they deserve that dub. Yes, they do. All right. So the next match, I'm not complaining, but I'm still happy as hell. It is to have the longest introduction in fucking talk for lore history. It is the future. It is the prodigy. It is better than your favorite. It is the high speed god, the high speed champion, the high speed bomb girl. It is QQ's original leader. It is Azumi versus representing colors. Hikari, Shimizu. I know some Stardom fans that called her Smiley Hikari. I ain't complaining about that. I love that name. And what I'm really hoping to be the best high-speed match since Kid and Izumi. You know what? I Not a whole lot of people know about Hikari Shizumi, but um, I believe you'll get a proper introduction to her here. I know you. we don't rarely see a whole lot of members of Colors here. But I guarantee you this is going to be a match that steals the show here. I actually, I actually want to play an audio an audio clip from the press conference that still has me laughing. Go ahead and play it, man. Yo, so as you guys can hear, that is Hikari and Azumi racing. Until you realize that the high-speed bomb girl isn't just the high-speed bomb girl, high-speed god. She's also the high-speed genius. Having her opponent run out of run out of breath while she's chilling with her title in a glass of water. But guys, let's remember Hikari how fast she is. Feel free to look for that clip on Twitter or YouTube, guys. Say that again, I missed it. I said, uh, feel free to look for that clip of Hikari speed blitzing while Azumi's talking on YouTube or Twitter as they raced on the um, on the press conference. I mean, I caught myself laughing during that entire thing. It was honestly one of the funniest things to me. When Azumi was just like, psych, I ain't running this. One, you see this suit? That's high-speed class. And two, I respected Hikari fresh out of Mexico. It's just like, huh, I'm going to challenge a high-speed champ. It, it's definitely going to be one of those matches that, like I said, you're going to want to watch. You're going to can't wait to see. Um, there's a reason why Io Shirai calls Azumi the hidden gem of Queen's Quest. And you look up here at the stats. She is the reigning and defending high-speed champion. She's been champion for 300 days, folks. She's got eight successful defenses. One, This oh, one with high minds. See, I mean, one more defense. She, I mean, she's tied Azuki's. One more, she ties Mayu's. Two more, she ends up breaking it. 
she is the second amongst the most cumulative days as champion right behind Natsuki Tayo. And granted, she's about another six, seven hundred days behind it, but still two reigns to not uh, Natsuki's four. And she's also tied uh, most combined defenses as well at 12. So two things. One, I, I love bringing this up. Guys, Azumi's only 20. High speed prodigy. 20 years old with this much of a legacy, with this much of a hype. This girl's going to be an animal at 25. We've, we've talked about people in their early 20s of people like Randy Orton, people like Jay White, people like Will Austin, people like Austin Theory even, of success at a young age. Azumi is in this talk. For you guys that keep forgetting, and I will never let anyone forget this, Azumi has beaten Shuri twice, once at 18, once at 19, and she just beat Utami here at 19 years old as well. That is a former and future Red Belt champion. And again, we said this in the five-star predictions video, despite beating future and former World of Stardom champions, Azumi has never challenged for the Red Belt. So when she drops the high speed, immediately to the Red Belt. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not say SWA. Let's not say Wonder. It's straight to the world for Azumi. I mean, like I, I got Azumi winning this match, hands down. It's gonna be a fun match to watch. Oh hell yeah! yeah. But I got Azumi winning this match, hands down. Honestly, I want Azumi versus Mayu after this. I want Mayu to try to defend her most defenses record against Azumi. I feel like if it comes down to it, it's going to come down to. Azumi wanting to break the uh, combined title defense record against the one who set the record, and it will be Mayu. Actually, I actually did post this on my Instagram that when Azumi ties the record, she should face Mayu next to break it. I also feel the same way for the white belt, too. If Sai is going to break the record, it's got to come against Momo. Ooh, Black Desire for the next show. Wait, not Black Desire. Um, Momo and Mayu for the next show. Oh, no, I'm talking about for the white belt. Saya, if she wants to break the record for uh, the white belt defenses at 13, you know, she's got to go. Kamitani at 12? Kamitani. One moment, guys. Getting some audio difficulties, but it's still fine. She is at 11. Saya is at 11 defenses. This upcoming defense will make 12 if she's successful. Yes. But um, to close this one out, be all, end all, we have the high-speed genius, high-speed god, high-speed savior, high-speed champion, Azumi defending. Oh, yeah. She defends it. She ties it at nine. If she breaks it, you know, got to be against the icon. You guys heard it here. Next match, Mayu, Azumi, high-speed title, icon, Versus high speed and stardom fans, number one anime, public enemy number one. But 
Again, Azumi for the win against Smiley Hikari. And also, can we get Hikari and Saki defending those tag titles from I don't know where on stardom? Um, I'm not too sure. But I, I, I don't mind that. Actually, after BMI, My Hime, and um, New Eras all get slaughtered by uh, Maltier, before Aphrodite takes the titles off them, because let's not forget, Aphrodite did beat them too. I do think um, we should get a a Meltier versus Hikari and a Hikari and Saki versus Natspoi and um, Tam Nakano. Similar to how we had Momo as versus Aphrodite. And that match was amazing. It's definitely a match we need in 2023. All right, on to our next match. It is... For the wonder of Stardom Championship, it is the master of the Phoenix Splash. It is the workhorse of Stardom 2022. It is the female best bout machine. It is never giving up, always flying high, always crashing and burning. It is defending wonder of Stardom Champion Saya Kamitani versus Haruka Umesaki. Or we might get Karma. It'd be interesting if we did get karma because Haruka has been uh, aligning herself with Oedo Tai as of late. See, I don't know much about Haruka outside of New Blood shows. And every time I have seen her, she's just been doing like heelish shit. So I keep thinking, oh, that's just her karma side. But I do find interest that Sayakamitani decided. Yeah, I want someone from outside to challenge me. Just showing that Sai Kamitani is willing to just take on all comers. I do think that, I still think that Sai Kamitani, as the Wonder of Sodom Chain, just puts in this, this emotion, this level of care, this all or nothing attitude for the white belt. Like, this girl's going to die for the, for the white belt. You're not familiar with Haruko Misaki. Definitely has made a name for herself in World Women's Wrestling Diana and Pro Wrestling Wave. Trained by Emi Sakura and uh, Saray from uh, NXT. But, yes. So uh, this is going to be a really good match. And it really depends on which uh, Haruko you're going to get. Are you going to get Haruma, uh, Haruka Umasaki, or are you going to get Karma, the one that's been heavily influenced by the evil of Oedo Tai? Yeah. I'm honestly curious who we get. And if we get Karma, are we going to get any Oedo Tai shenanigans? And it all depends. I mean, she's very close with Starlight Kid. You know, she's... You know, Starlight Kid has wrestled with her on other shows, you know. Tagged him a bunch of times. I know. So when you look at her, she's no slouch. She's a former, you know, wave tag team champion uh, with Miyuki uh, Takase. Um, She's a former princess of pro wrestling championship in Pure J. You know, world women pro wrestling Diana tag team champion three times with Miyuki Takase. So, you know. 
don't sleep on this young lady if you haven't known much about her. She's only 21 years of age. You know, she's just getting her, you know, she's been doing this a number. She's only been just getting her feet wet, you know. But she's very, very good if you have not seen her. But will she be able to take down the Phoenix, clip her wings, strip her of the wonder of starting title? That's honestly, now that you've informed me of who Haruka is and all of her accomplishments and who she's been trained by, I'm actually more excited than before this video. I think Saki is, or not Saki, I think Saya is way too strong here. I believe Saya Kamitani wins this match, but she makes it an exciting win. I make, I believe that she will get fans thinking that she's in trouble, but really not. So I've, I've said this since literally the beginning of January. Because in, in case you guys didn't watch the YouTube uh, I guess, aftermath of certain matches. Saya Kamitani said she wanted a match against Kota Ibushi, a battle of the Phoenix Splashes, if you will. And I genuinely believe that Saya Kamitani, for a year straight, has just been saying, "I with this Wonder of Stardom title, I will show you my resolve to get that match with Ibushi. I think if she faces Karma, it's one more... It's one more fee. Oh, that's another thing. Since the Mina incident, uh, again, optional if you guys want to watch that. Um, we have not seen Saya Kamitani use the Phoenix Splash. We've actually seen her use the Firebird, which is also the 450. Is this the match where Saya gets her wings back? I don't know if this is the match where she gets her wings back. I think you're going to get the same storyline we got with Billy Kidman when he used the shooting star press and injured Chavo Guerrero, you know, where she's a bit timid to want to use the Phoenix splash. So, you know, does she, I believe she used the firebird splat. You know, I believe she uses that to win this match. However, you know, the battle that she's been trying to go for with this match with Kota Ibushi, you know, and I know there are a lot of people who are, you know, skeptical of intergender matches, you know, men versus women. Um, number one, on Monday Night Raw, I got it playing in the background. We just got Akira Tozawa versus Rhea Ripley, so everybody hush your mouths right now, all right? There's nothing wrong with intergender matches. If it ain't for you, it ain't for you, all right? I'll give you another one. Let's not act like we all didn't see Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan, pimp slap Micah. Yeah, let, let, let's not forget that. I'll give you another one. Let's not act like we haven't seen the Young Bucks take on, uh, you know, Joey Ryan before we knew all that nonsense about him in Candice LeRae. And Candice LeRae took a super kick from a Chuck Taylor shoe that had thumbtacks super glued to the bottom of it. God damn. But, um, yeah, if if um this match can signify anything, it's... uh. Saikamitani is on her road to Ibushi, her Bushi road, Ibushi road. But that's everything for the wonder of Stardom Championship. So we're about to head into our main event. So, Lexi and Gadget, I want to thank you again for joining me here on Talk for Glory here. This might be the last video, not last video, but last but, um, year. Yeah. 
it might be the last of the year or maybe it's the second to last. But I'm just glad that I got to do this with you. Another stardom. I like to call you a stardom professor, honestly. <laughs> I, I stardom professor. I mean, I, I'm trying to work towards a career in commentary. And you know what? what a dream it actually would be for me to like move to Japan and actually call some of these great matches from this stardom promotion. I mean, why, I mean, why not? A man can dream, right? Dude, you're making the dream. Yeah. A man can dream. Um, what's it going to say? Oh, now I remember. Yeah. So thank you for joining me. You are now, you have now hit the five star and dream queendom. Maybe we'll have you for next year. Maybe we'll have to do a vote like new Japan did that one time. Um, your socials. There we go. Oh, oh. Also, one, one more thing. One more thing. For you guys that think that I'm the stardom know-it-all, for the love of God, check out Lightskin Gaijin. He is definitely an underrated content creator, especially for stardom. So, if you guys haven't already, on his socials, now that we're going to list them, on everything featuring Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, you can find him on Lightskin Gaijin. You guys have any stardom questions? Not just me. You can also go to this man because he will not disappoint you with answers, facts, and history. Appreciate that. Make me blush over here, even though you can't see my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, on my socials, you guys can easily reach me on... Well, first, you guys can reach Young Smooth, which he will be returning very much soon to Talk for Glory. But... You guys can follow him at YoungSmoothTFG on Twitter. You guys can follow me at Enigma underscore V4 underscore on my Twitter. You guys can follow me on my Instagram, which is Enigma period before. For you guys that like hearing podcasting via Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you guys will be able to hear this also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So although this is episode 138, this does go on Spotify. It does not count as Soft Glory Mini. And also, join our Discord, guys. Completely open to discussions and all. And now, for the match that everyone's been waiting for, for the match that I am very certain that many people will, pun intended, love, 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 it is... One moment. There it is. It is for the World of Stardom Championship. It is the leader of God's Eye, the Stardom Terminator, the ruiner, the ender of Utami Hashishita's reign. It is Shuri versus leader of Dono del Mondo, commander of personality changes, hair, no hair, short hair, long hair, five-star Grand Prix winner, Julia, and I know a lot of you guys love, love, love her. Yeah, I, mean, I, I got a lot to say about this, but nice thing I, I need you to take. I need you to take this one. Uh, we all love, love, love Julia. Just her story of how she came into wrestling. You know, just the different types of character changes that she's gone through. Um. They've all been exciting to watch. And then you, on the other hand, you have Shorty, who's a former MMA fighter, a former Queen of Pancrase strawweight champion. 
Um, she's, you know, this is going to be, I think, the stiffest match on the card. The stiffest match on the card. Honestly, I think any match involving Shuri is a stiff match. Uh, it, it will be. Any any strike that comes from Shuri is going to be very, very stiff. But do not act like Julia will not return the favor. Oh, absolutely. Have you seen her matches with Tam? Pure stiffness. Yes. So, before all this, before the red belt, these two are also former goddess of stardom tag team champions. You guys that don't remember ALK. I still can't fucking say that thing was a like. Full I, I have a hard time saying it too. I, it's very, you know, it's a combination of Italian and Filipino, but you know, it's. Yeah, it. I. I just. It's very rough to say, so I just call it ALK as well as you do. So, Chelsea, I've tried. I have tried. I, I've, I've even tried doing it with a Spanish accent, and you know my Spanish just can't keep up with it. But former goddess of Stardom Tag Team Champions, Shuri, Julia. Let's let's not forget how all of this had unraveled slowly. From World Climax after the match of Julia versus um, Shuri. Shuri had announced that she is leaving Dona del Mondo, DDM, and said that she's going to create her own faction involving Ami to the shock of many, Mirai. Well, she decided to join on her own. Damn it. She decided to join on her own. Now forming God's Eye and the future name of the new era with her and Ami, well, of Ami and Mirai. I think what makes this match so intriguing is the fact that both of these two have so much history together. They're former goddesses, of stardom champions. They held those belts for a majority of 2021. Did they hold it or did Shuri hold them? Shuri held them in, yeah, I mean, I. You could say that they were, as a team, they were champions. Right. But let's be real. I believe Shuri was the standout of that team, which is the reason why she broke away from Donna Del Mondo. You know? Yet, like, yes, Julia, when you think of Donna Del Mondo, the first thing that pops into mind is Julia. It's Julia's unit. She's the one who started it. She's the one who brought in a majority of the members, like Shuri. Like Micah, like Himeka, you know, she brought in Tekla, she brought in Mirai, who eventually, you know, would leave the group and head on over to God's Eye with Shuri. You know, she was able to steal my Sakurai away from Cosmic Angels and bring her over into Donna Del Mondo. This was a faction that held a majority of the belts in 2021. I think they finished off the year holding four titles. Uh, the 2021. Of uh, 2021, they finished 2021 holding the red belt, the SWA belt, the Goddess of Stardom champions, and the Artist belts, and the tag titles. I, I yeah, the, the Goddess belts. Yes. Ah. Goddess. But yeah, what what a what a crazy thing to imagine. DDM is holding out the year of 2021 with all those titles. 
and now here they are in 2022. I mean, yeah, they don't have, you know, any championships to show for their success, but they're still a main focal point. And now, like I had mentioned earlier when we started talking about stars, right? Donna Del Mondo is still a main focal point of stardom because you can't help but talk about them. The fact that Julia won the five star Grand Prix, the fact that, you know, Tekla was a former SWA champion. You know, you have Mai Sakurai who betrayed her unit to join up with that unit. And, you know, even the things that surrounded Nats Boy leaving, and even the things surrounding Shorty leaving, still can't help but now not mention Donna Del Mondo in a sense of the successful units of stardom without them. Hands down. Just whenever you think of the word success and stardom, DDM is probably one of the first things that come to mind. Absolutely. But now we're here in 2022 and so many things are different. Um, Sherry has her own faction. Julia has won the five star. Um, what, what was I going to say? Oh, no, no, Julia has just gone through change after change after change after change in one year. I, I, like I had mentioned, yes, we do have a main focal point on Julia, but, you know, it's like you said, she won the five-star, not to mention the new freelancer group that seems to be popping in and out of stardom in prominence. Suzu Suzuki has a prior relationship with Julia, and their whole reason for being there is to bring down Julia. Yeah, I've been wondering that since the moment Julia won the five star. What if prominence is a subgroup to God's Eye? It would be a very intriguing story to say the least. And, you know, even if that is a subgroup to God's Eye, how does that play a factor in that main event? All it takes is one appearance from Suzu and Julia just might freeze. Because let, let's be honest here, whenever Suzu, Suzu is around, Julia is not mentally there 100%. Most of the time she's seeing red, and I'm not talking about Suzu's hair. It's the history that those two have with each other. They trained together. They were in ice ribbon together, you know. And then when Julia left to go pursue her dream, you know, of being a part of a bigger promotion, it essentially Suzu felt abandoned, you know. Right, and who can blame her? From from what I heard, it was just no word. Julia just up and left. I mean, we talk a lot about Mayu Iwatani and, you know, the fact that it's a running theme that everybody turns on Mayu Iwatani. I mean, what if there's a running theme that has to deal with, you know, Julia basically forcing people to just basically leave her because of something she did? Just how, how much, who, who knows, maybe Julia forced Natsupoy out. Maybe Julia forced Shuri out. Maybe J- just Julia has been a bad person this whole time and someone like Suzu and maybe Shuri can only see it. I mean, she's basically, you look at all the people that have been in and out of Julia's life. There's Shuri, there's Natsupoy, there's Mirai. And now we're, you know, we're further hearing more and more stuff about the relationship that she had 
with Suzu Suzuki, you know. It, it, it's it's definitely it's an intriguing story to say the least. Oh, absolutely, and I actually do think that this story continues because Julia did say after I deal with the red belt shit, then I can focus on you. Yeah. It will be it will definitely be one to see, especially if Julia ends up winning this match, you know. Because I can definitely, I can definitely see Suzu getting first dibs, first crack at Julia's reign as World of Stardom champion if Julia is able to dethrone the Terminator, as you so eloquently call her. Oh, absolutely! I'll never stop calling the Stardom Terminator. Wait, we got some comments. Also, uh, Lightskin, Zay said, "What's up, Cashman? I always love seeing you here, man." Smooth, what's up, man? I know you said not yet. Like the ball in Times Square, I guess. Time is ticking. Ball is going to drop. So, guys, like the Royal Rumble countdown, just keep your eyes on the clock. But um, to get back to this, and, you know, we're talking about Suzu. We're talking about Julia. Now let's talk about the starting Terminator. Let's talk about the year of ass kickings. There is a reason why she was Tokyo, uh, you know, she was Tokyo Sports women's MVP. She's had the best year out of anybody in stardom, out of any Joshi wrestler, period. When you look at the World of Stardom champion, 355 days and count. She's almost been, it's almost been a year. Her and Kamatani are about to hit a year at Queendom. You know, um, 10 successful defenses. She is, she's Basically, she's tied up with Io Shirai's one reign at, you know, uh, Io Shirai's had two total reigns, but she's had, her first reign was 10, Io Shirai's set the record at 14, but, you know, who's to say that Shirty can't do the same? Tie the record, break the record, you know. I mean... Shirley's had the best year out of anybody in stardom, you know, and I don't think a lot of people expected that. Oh, no, absolutely. Honestly, personally for me, I do think Shirley's had the best year for her, but as for, like, who's had the best year in stardom, for me, it's Saya Kamitani, but Shuri is definitely right there, like, breathing down Saya's neck for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and who's to say we can't get a champion versus champion match if Shirley ends up, you know, Retaining her belt. Uh, th- this is a this is a funny fact that either I'm wrong about or I'm right about. In the tag league, where it was Aphrodite versus Karate Brave, I believe that is the first time the white and red belt champs touched all year. I believe so. Because they weren't in the same block in the five-star Grand Prix. And even though Stardom does a bunch of tag matches on Road Tuesday, I don't think they're in the same match. No, that was the first time. And, uh, you know, it kind of hurts to say this because I'm putting over Saya like no tomorrow. Shuri did make the white belt champ tap. So I guess in that regard, red over white. Well, you know, like I said, your, your red belt always is supposed to be your number one belt. It's always the strongest you know, the most powerful, you know, 
Absolutely. Yeah, you're second in command. I understand that, but the way that these uh, the way that these two have held themselves together as champions, absolutely phenomenal. Oh God, just it's it's no it's no debating. Uh, Anyone will be ready just to defend the white, the wonder, or the world of starting titles. They've had great. They've had great matches this year. I will say, Saya's matches have been, you know, my favorite thus far over Shuri's. But still, yeah, I I won't. I won't argue with you on that one. (laughs) Yes, But, but if I can get to a prediction. I, I know I called the winner of the five-star Grand Prix. Right. Uh, I said Julia was going to win it. I, I mean, I called who was going to be in the finals. I called the winner. Um, when you look at the history of the five-star Grand Prix, the person who wins the five-star Grand Prix doesn't normally win the championship that they end up challenging for. You look at the five-star Grand Prix, it's a lot of losses right there. Yeah, record for people who have challenged the Red Belt, three and eight. However, the last three women to challenge for that were Shuri, Utami, Tommy, and Tony Storm. That is three out of the last five years. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go four for six. I say Julia ends up winning the red belt, and we start to get the story told between Julia and Suzu Suzuki. Well, I'm going to have to counter that one because I actually believe Shuri isn't done with her reign of terror, and not the Triple H kind. She's not done with her, her dominance because as funny as it's been, I genuinely think Shuri cannot sleep at night until she defends the red belt against Saki Kashima. Absolutely. I genuinely think Shuri will defeat Julia. Fans will still love, love, love her. But Shuri will now look to the greater challenge and just go, look, I don't care. I don't care you're scared. Fight me. Essentially, you're saying Shuri's going to bring the hammer down. Yeah, like fighting Shuri is not optional for Saki Kashima. No, it is not. But, you know. Also, I also find it very funny. By the way, who is aligning these uh, blocks here? In a, uh, the For the third straight tournament in a row, Saki finds herself in the same block as uh, Shuri. Yeah, R- Rossi's got a hate bonus for Shuri. I mean, uh, Saki <laughs> Kashima. I mean, the, for the very... Third round robin style block tournament. Saki Kashima finds herself in the exact same block as Shuri. Like I can just imagine Saki Kashima just like, look, I don't care that be in her. I don't want to be near her. Oh man. Like I like I love the fact that there's actual stories right after um Dream Queendom. I, I do believe that we can get Saki Kashima versus Shuri red belt feud. Or we get Suzu and Julia Red Belt feud. It's I would love to see either one of them, but either way, I believe that was everything for Stardom Dream Queendom 2022 predictions. Again, let's congratulate! I have to thank you once again for joining me. 
And for I all viewers here that joined Talk for Glory, Joe, what was that? I said, I appreciate you having me here. I enjoy my time. Both times I've been here, definitely can't wait to do this again. You know, either got to do it for the Triangle Derby, either got to do it for Cinderella, Ooh. whenever. I'm always available. I'm always down. Well, maybe we'll get Cinderella. I wanted to get you down for Tag League if we got my Hime versus um Aphrodite for the finals. But then I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Dream Queen was going to be bigger. Absolutely. But, guys, again, if you want to look for our socials, you guys can find Lightskin Gaijin just about on everything at Lightskin Gaijin. So following his Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And, go, and again, stardom knowledge, stardom facts, stardom history. Lightskin Gaijin's your guy. But as for Top for Glory, you guys can follow Young Smooth at Young Smooth TFG. And again, guys, look at that clock. You guys can follow myself at Enigma underscore V4 underscore on my Twitter. You guys can follow myself at Enigma period V4 on my on my Instagram. You guys can follow me on my TikTok at Enigma underscore V4 underscore. And guys, once again, join the Discord. Follow us on our Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. And again, guys, drop a like, drop a sub, comment the match you guys are looking forward to here on Dream Queendom. Hell, even if you are just going to comment that you love, love, love Julia, or that you love Shuri, or that Azumi is the high-speed god by all means. And with that, I must close out the show. Thank you, Let's Guys, and thank you, viewers. Thank you, people that comment. Have a great night. Enjoy Dream Queendom. And above all else, enjoy wrestling. Absolutely.